0: We're going to be talking about something very important today in 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses thirty-five through forty-nine. Amen. Thirty-five through forty-nine. Now, if you look up here uh, on the uh, on the board, you'll see that our message is entitled "Christians Are Planted, Not Buried." Amen. Paul tells us that we're planted when we're put into the ground; we're not buried. But what God is doing is he's planting us, and it's a very important process that he started from the beginning of time. Because he said, well, as you know, we are from the dust, and from dust we are, to dust shall we return. And so there's a very important principle there. There's a very important lesson that we need to learn. But before I get started, I'd like for you to just bow your heads with me, close your eyes. I'd like for us to lead in prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you once again for this opportunity to come before you this morning, to come before you with like-minded believers, not only here in this congregation, but throughout the world where people are watching and people are, are listening in. Lord, you have a message from this little church. You have a message from this small pastor you have a message because it comes from your word, not from me, not from this church, but it comes from your word. And it's a word of encouragement for our times of today. And it's so ideal on how Paul has, has written this out to explain to the people in Corinth about the resurrection. And it is just so like you, God, to divinely appoint us to be right here at this point in time in the letter of 1 Corinthians. And so, Father, we've seen the power of the resurrection. We've seen that the message is the resurrection. We've seen that if there is no resurrection, there is no message. We've seen the power of the resurrection as Jesus Christ resurrected from the tomb and and how your word is so important to us. And, Father, today we we need to learn that because of your resurrection, we have to realize that the burial of a Christian is not finality. It's a graduation. It's a planting. It's, it's something that has to die in order for us to gain the fruit from it. So help to explain that to us today, Lord, as we go through this portion of Scripture. I pray for all the churches that are ministering right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, you just continue to, to bless them and their people. Father, pray, I pray for this uh, New Jerusalem church that has lost many of their leaders due to this COVID virus. And I pray for those that are hurting right now and struggling. And I pray, God, that you just continue to keep us right here until your perfect will is done. I know that's not a popular prayer, Lord. Everybody wants this to be gone. Everybody wants to blow it away. Everybody wants to get rid of it and just get it. But Father, you're doing something, so I pray that you just keep it here until your perfect will is done and help us to have the stability and the steadfastness and the perseverance to persevere through this whole problem, the trial and everything that's going on. So, Father, a blessing upon your people. Give us that steadfastness that only the Holy Spirit can give us. Give us the ability to see beyond our walls and beyond our circle of influence and what you're doing, not only in my home, in my city, my state, my country, but throughout the whole world. You have the world's attention right now, Lord. And it's up to your messengers. It's up to your pastors. It's up to those that hold up and revere your word to get the message out. So I pray for every Bible-believing, God-fearing pastor, evangelist, person that holds your word up high and proclaims it boldly. And so, Father, we do so this morning, and we thank you for that. Lead us in all things, and continue to reveal yourself through your word as you visit us in your word, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone says, amen and amen. All right, open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Christians are planted. Oh, there you are. See, I prayed and you showed up. (laughs) Good to see you. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to be going through verses 35 through 49. As I kind of skimmed over here just a little bit ago, we've seen that in 1 Corinthians, it's all about the resurrection. Chapter 15, Paul just does an excellent job in, in trying to explain the resurrection because, well, first of all, they didn't believe that there was a resurrection. And second of all, this is, okay, maybe there was a re- re- resurrection of Christ, but what about the, those that die in Christ? What about us? is there a resurrection of the body? We don't want to be resurrected with that body. As a matter of fact, all we want is to be spiritual because that body, I, I don't like it. The Greek idea was that everything was evil. Everything that you can touch and feel and, and see was evil, but the spiritual, on the other hand, was different. And so it didn't matter what the person did to his body as far as eating and drinking. And this, this is what he's saying, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. That was the saying that was set around there. Hey, it doesn't matter what you do to your body. Let's eat, let's drink, let's let's gorge ourselves and and Paul says well you know you're going to have that body for all eternity that's your body it's going to be a glorified body it'll look differently of course and so people are saying okay so if this is the body that we're going to take how's that going to happen how is God going to do that is the question that he's answering right now And so he's already talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it's happened. He's already talked about how the resurrection is real. If the Christ resurrected and you believe that, then you're going to resurrect as well. And so now he answers and goes to the second question that they have in verse 35, and it says this, it says, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Let me ask you something. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever wondered, what am I going to look like? What, what's it going to be like? Am I going to stand in his presence? Am I going to just fall to my knees and, and, and sing praises to him? Or am I going to look like a little angel, a little fat, chubby angel with wings? Or, or, or am I going to have this huge robe? Or what am I going to look like? People ask me this all the time. And, and before we get to interpret this portion of scripture, we need to remember a couple of things. First of all, Paul is talking about things that no one really knows. We have all these ideas. The Bible talks to us a little bit about what it, it looks like in heaven. There's a song, I Can Only Imagine, which I think hits it right on the head. All we can do is imagine by what Scripture tells us. And he's talking about verifiable matters of fact, but not about, about, about the matters of faith. He's not talking about things that you can actually prove but you have to really just have the faith to be able to know that these things happen. He's trying to express the inexpressible, describe the indescribable. He's trying to paint a picture for us as to what this is going to look like. So, so what Paul does, he does his best to relate in human ideas with human words. And sometimes that's kind of hard to do, don't you think? It's kind of hard to really exp- explain and express what heaven is all like. And if we remember... It will save us from the, the whole problem of trying to understand what Paul is trying to say. And so what, what Paul is trying to do here, he's trying to put into focus what it, is that, what, what, what it is that God says and what it is that he wants us to know. And he starts off by saying that, first of all, in 1 Corinthians verse 35, but some will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body do they come? You know, one of the things that we are so thankful for that from the very beginning, God put it into practice. He put it into motion. He already placed it in the DNA of this planet. And Paul's going to explain to us very naturally, very spiritually, and very practically as to how it is that we come to be resurrected in Jesus Christ, the creator. He's written it in nature. We see it all over the place if we really just look at the principle of the resurrection. You know that without death and burial, there can't be a new life. Death is so ingrained in us we know many of you have lost loved ones many of you have lost people some of you are are close to that point in your life I have a friend right now that's listening that I know this is exactly for you my brother because this is where we all end up at we all end up at that point at that place in life and it's interesting how there's a, there's a location, there's a place that we're all going to, but many of us live in denial. You know, that'll never happen to me. Ah, you got to die anyways. It doesn't matter what's going to take place. And when it comes down to it, that's exactly what we have to look forward to. So without death and burial, there's no new life. And so at the present, the whole creation is in bondage in this endless cycle of birth, life, old age, death. Birth, life, old age, death, birth. And it's the cycle that we see over and over and over again. And so it begs the question, so what's the purpose of life? How is this all going to come together? How is all this going to uh, be able to manifest itself? So Paul starts off, first and foremost, by talking to those that know a little bit about agriculture, that know a little bit about the horticulture, that know a little bit about the things that die and come to life. And I'm going to read the rest of the verses, and then we'll come back and we'll open this up a little bit. And he says this in verse 36 and on, when asked, how do the dead rise? What kind of body do they have? And he answers very appropriately, as any theologian could, you fool, (laughs) foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel perhaps of wheat or of some other grain, but God gives it body as he has chosen and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. So Paul starts off by saying, you know this, you know this. If you ever seen a seed, a seed is so uh, just grainy and, and the, the size of it and just the look of it, it looks dry, it looks almost dead, and you wonder, what can that seed actually do? And Paul says, that seed has life in itself. But it has to die. It has to be planted. It has to go through this metamorphosizing transition. And it has to transition into something that what's inside that seed will come out. Do you know that if you plant a, an apple seed, what, you know what kind of tree you would get? Okay, very good. Cucumbers. No, not cucumbers. <laughs> you get a... I can could, I could leave that... Thank you, Ken. We get apple trees. So if you plant an orange seed, what do you get? Orange trees. If you plant bird seeds, what do you get? No, you don't get birds. Yeah, you get bird seeds. You get flowers, (laughs) not birds. And everything that goes into the ground with that specific DNA comes back out, not as seeds. It comes back in something more beautiful. But you know that that seed is that type of plant or tree or shrub or fruit. Or vegetable because that's what you placed into the ground and Paul is saying basically the same thing you foolish person what you sow does not come to life unless it dies and that's what he says it has to die for itself it has to be buried the seed is put in the ground and it dies but in due course it rises again when we die we are going to be placed in the ground and when we're placed in the ground we're going to come back up we cannot come back up unless we die Death is something that most people don't want to talk about. Amen. They don't want to uh, understand that. But see, if you die in Christ, and that's the whole qualifier, if you die in Christ. Look at this verse with me. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. You see there's something about being able to leave this planet before Jesus Christ comes and you get to be first in line when he comes back and so all those godly people that have gone on before us all those people that have committed their life to Christ all those that have died in Christ they're the front of the line and we get to stand back and wait it's happening it's happening hurry up and you know how God's going to do this well you know if he was able to create this whole universe all at once if he was able to be able to, to expand the universe and, and create everything around us all at once, if God is able to do that, don't you think that he can find the bones of somebody that's been splattered all over the place, dust that's been, because of a, a cremation, people that were cast into the sea? God can find you. He will find your body and bring it back to life. And so the, the Greeks, they had this idea, why do I want that body again? Well, it's not the same body. It's a different body. The, the seed has to go through this, this change. It has to dissolve. It has to decay. It has to burst open, basically, so that w- the life that's in it can bust out. You have to look at the seed as it transforms, as it's planted in the ground. You have to look at the, the pictures of how beautiful that little stalk just starts to come out and it pushes through the dirt. You have to see how it starts to, uh, the photosynthesis starts to happen as the sun beats upon the, the green blades of that plant and it causes this birth to just to grow and it bears much fruit. Beloved, you will bear a lot of fruit, every one of us. If we're still here, by the time Jesus Christ comes back, your, your loved ones are going to go first. But if, if we seem that something happened to us because of whatever, the, the COVID-19 or an accident or whatever the case may be, if that tends to happen to us, beloved, you're going to be first. You're going to be up in the air. And so our earthly bodies will dissolve, and that's exactly what happens. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can be so embalmed in in such a very perfect state, but eventually it all turns to dust. Everything that we see, everything that we know has a beginning and has an end. And so the same thing with the body. Number two, when I'm resurrected, it's not just my body. It's going to be a body that resembles Christ. It's going to be a body that resembles Christ. And it's interesting because Paul now goes from being uh, an expert in plants and just knowing what he knows to, you know, I'm going to share with you a little bit about the animal kingdom. Oh, and I'm not only going to show you a little bit about the animal kingdom, but I'm going to show you something about the celestial beings that are up there as well. And the good thing is, is that Paul, empowered by the Holy Spirit, divinely instructed by Jesus Christ to be able to decipher all these things. Now, he was a very learned man, and I'm sure he learned a lot of this. But when scientists take this and astronomers take this and they start to look at the stars and see the different colors and the variants of brightness and colors, and they recognize, well, Paul was right on. He didn't have a telescope, but he was right on. For he says this, for not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. There are so many different types of molecules, amino acids, of building blocks that are so important to the body and everything else that we see. Hundreds of thousands of thousands upon thousands of amino acids that build life. Not only uh, do each type of plant have its different type of life, but also the flowers and the animals. Everything is different. There's no two things alike. Even twins are not, even identical twins are not identical in all things. They have their own set of fingerprints, heart rhythm, their, their irises, they are different. And God created all of us, and Paul is saying that everything is different, that the fish have a different type of of flesh, that birds have a different type of flesh. The birds cannot live underwater, and fish cannot live above the water, and and so it doesn't work that way. I know scientists have tried to put things together and say, that's how we evolved, but God had put it all together, and he says, everybody is different, just like we cannot live in space without some sort of suits, and we cannot live underwater without some sort of accompaniment of some sort. And so there are all these different variations, and God created everything with the intent purpose of living and multiplying and for his glory, including the stars and the sun, and every star is different. Now, we know that stars, like, for instance, our star, which is the sun, is really a a star, and it's the closest one to us, and, and it's really the smallest one. But if you were to take a close look at at night when the stars are really clear, and thank God for this COVID-19, one of the blessings is there aren't that many cars out there. So at night, you can see the stars. Amen? I used to think for a long time that San Bernardino didn't have stars. God was mad at us. He says, I'm not putting any stars out there because you couldn't see them because of the lights and the pollution. But you look in the middle of the night, you get up to a high spot, and you look at these stars that are just glistering wherever they are. You'll notice that they have different colors. Some of them as planets, you'll see that they are different colors. And, and Paul was making an observation from a celestial standpoint saying, look, everything, is, everything has a different body. So when we are resurrected, don't you think God is going to be able to give us a different body? He's going to give us a body that will resemble the body of Christ. He will give us this, this ability to be different than what we are now in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul's tell the people in Corinth and this is in your outlines if you would go there with me and we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree to another for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're being transformed more and more like Jesus Christ, and we will be. And look at what Philippians says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You see, just the same way that Jesus Christ was transformed. And he wasn't recognizable until he allowed to be recognized. But once they recognized him, they recognized him. They saw his hands. They had hold. Look at my hands, look at my side, look at my feet. It, it is I. And the more that they studied, the more that they the closer they came to Jesus, they recognized him. That's Jesus. Because the last time we saw him, he was a bloody pulp. He was beaten beyond recognition. That was the last image they had in their mind it's unfortunate that when my my dad passed away i was already a young man about the age of 20 uh, of a terrible car accident my mom says go make sure to see if it's him make sure you know i i we're in doubt always in doubt i go to the parlor the funeral parlor and i says i want to see when well, you don't want to see him no no i'm instructed by my mother to come see him i need to see him and i go and it's unfortunate because the last image i have of my dad is that image of him flying through the windshield over a bridge to the bottom of the river, and the image that I have, that's that's embedded in my mind, is that image. Can you imagine these disciples as they saw Jesus Christ? The last image they had is the last one that is in your mind, and you maybe have experienced that with one of your loved ones. That that's how you you last view them, and it takes pictures. And even though the pictures and the videos that we have to watch and see of them, that image is still embedded in our minds. And these people were like, I, I remember that is you, Jesus. When you resurrect, you're going to have a glorified body. It's going to be a new body. We'll still know who you are, okay? There's no hiding, Danny, behind a mask, okay? (laughs) There's no hiding, Ken. (laughs) Well, I'll know who you are. I I can recognize that dome anywhere. I, I will see you. You will see me. But there'll be something different. You're not going to be that kernel of seed that was planted and decayed and died. You're going to have this glorified body. And that glorified body is going to resemble the body of Jesus Christ, just like he himself was raised. You will have a body like Jesus Christ. See, in Philippians chapter 3, look what this says. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things. Number three. I will have an improved body like Jesus Christ. I will have an improved body. I will have a body that resembles Christ, and I will have an improved body. Body 7.0. How's that? Upgrade. 7.07 for the number of perfection. It would be perfect. It would be exactly what God had intended you to be. You are the image of God. You are an image bearer. You carry the image of God Almighty in your thumbprint, in your DNA. It is in you those that god has chosen and pulled out of this wicked world to be his for all eternity you are created in the image of god there is something inside that longs for the deep as deep longs for deep as the book of ecclesiastes tells us that the the this body that we're in this glass jar this jar of clay that as the jar starts to decompose the spirit continues to grow when there is this longing There is this desire not to see death, but to see Jesus Christ. And there is, the older I get, the more I sense it, the more I see it, the more I know it. And and it's more than just theology. It's theological. You have to know this, Paul is saying. You have to know that you know that you know this. You have to have the faith and believe that you will be resurrected. And all throughout scripture, as I'm bringing this passage to you this, this morning, all throughout scripture, we'll see that, that Paul continues to talk about this resurrection, about this resurrected body, and how it's going to be. And, and he does something very important here with this, the, the improved body of Jesus Christ. When he says in verses 42 and 44, he says, what is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in wickedness, it is raised in power, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Focusing more directly on the resurrection body, Paul comes out to say, look, I can't tell you exactly what your body's going to look like. I don't have all those answers, but I know one thing, he says. I know that that perishable thing that you're living in right now, that, that, that body that your spirit animates? And we come so accustomed to that body. We do. I love that body. I love that body of my children. I love that body of my wife. I love that body of my grandchildren. I love that body that that of your body. I love you. And so when one of my loved ones passes on, it's not their spirit that I miss. It's really more that body that that spirit animated. And so there is this disconnect because that body no longer is being animated the spirit has gone on with the lord and he it's gone on with the lord and therefore the body waits for that trumpet to call and the dead in christ shall rise first and they will be with him and caught up in the air as we will after they are done and and it's it's, imper- it's perishable. paul says it it's dying it's decaying it's getting worse and worse but it goes into per- imperishable the present body is corruptible it decays but the incorruptible, the imperishable will not perish ever. In this world, everything is subject to decay. Everything is subject to fall apart. Everything is subject to just die. But not you, beloved. That have died in Christ. Number, the second thing he says is, it is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. Not really too sure what he means by dishonor. Is the only thing I can I can say is that this body it, it does a lot of dishonorable things. It's done a lot of dishonorable things. Even now, as a believer, uh, my sinful nature drags me away to my dishonorable attitudes and likes and dislikes and the things that I should say and should not say. And Paul says, you know, but when you're perfect, you're going to be you're going to be glorious it's going to be a glorious body. All you're going to want to do is praise God because that's what you were designed to do. You have this innate ability inside of you to praise God. The desire comes from God himself. And he is he's taking you from dishonor to glory, from weakness to power, he says. This weak body, this body the older I get, the weaker it gets, the Frail it gets. The sicker I get, the the more the things happen. One of the things that we're finding out in our in our society right now, throughout the world, is it seems like those that are uh, are uh, the lower immune systems are the ones that are actually catching this virus more than anybody else. There is something about the immune system that is enabling them to catch the virus, and not only catch it, but have dire effects on them. Those that have a better immune system, that their bodies are a little bit healthier, are able to pass through it, and, and we've heard a lot of numbers of all those that have actually died because of this virus, this plague that is plaguing our country, our world. But you know, we don't hear too much about those that are actually surviving. And so there's a lot of people that are able to, to get through this, and, and they, they're able to. But the whole, the whole point of what I'm trying to say is that the more our body decays, the older we get, the more susceptible we are to contracting this disease and having a dire effect on each one of us. And so we have to be careful. You know, I may not get as sick as, you know, one of you guys, but I don't want to be the one that might be carrying it and giving it to somebody that's out there that just, you know, God had something else going on in their life. You know, I don't know what happened to this pastor and to the church at the Jerusalem, but for whatever reason, that's how it started to spread. And I don't know what their practices were, you know, but I I can only imagine that that God still has them in in, in the palm of his hands and he's working through some miracle that he's going to work through this church. But, folks please, as best you can, do your part. And we'll see how that goes. However, let me, let me say the big however. I have committed from the very beginning that this started off. We will continue to meet and seek his face in this place until Jesus returns. Okay? So uh, if you're listening out there, authorities, just know that, and we're going to do the best we can to abide by the, your, your rules. The natural turns into the spiritual, the weakness to power, the natural to spiritual. The, the body is sown, and, and this is, this is the, the spiritual part God is saying. Now, why is it that he wants us to have the same body? Why? You know, that's a very good question. I, I've been going to school for many, for many years. I, I've gotten my bachelor's my master's. I'm pursuing a doctorate degree, and I've learned this theological term that I think that many of you can probably learn, and it'll help you. And it's kind of complicated, but it's just three words, and it's, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Paul didn't know either. Why? why the, well, there, there's something about the body that is needed in heaven. We're going to need this body as we are in this, this banquet with Jesus Christ, a feast on the, what God has set for us. We're going to need that body when we come back down to rule over the, the, the nations. We will be rulers and, and we'll be overlooking and seeing. We'll need that body to be able to pursue uh, the, the rest of eternity after the millennium. There's there's something about that body that God needs and wants. And why he wants my body, I don't know. But I thank God that he does. Amen. And He's you're going to recognize it. You go, oh, there's Pastor Sal. I walked into the bank the other day, and I had a bandana on. I did. And I walked in and I said, hey, Sal, how you doing? Man, I'd be a terrible <laughs> bank robber, wouldn't I? <laughs> you recognize me right off the top. I, I couldn't rob this bank even if I wanted to. Oh, and there is something about your presence. Yes. That is needed at the presence of God. Doesn't that make you feel special? Doesn't that make you feel like, you know, God really wants me there? He does. Not just your spirit, but he wants you. This is why you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why you need to pursue holiness right now. This is why we need to get away from all the sin that easily entangles us. This is why you need to connect and seek his face in his place whether it's in this building, whether wherever it's at, you are the body of the Holy Spirit. And that temple, that place of worship belongs to him. And you better get used to it because you're gonna be doing that for all eternity, so you might as well start now. But you know know who doesn't do this? You know who, who doesn't believe this? You know who doesn't want anything to do with this resurrection are those that aren't his. You can tell people Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, he's going to resurrect the dead in Christ first, and then all of us are copying, yeah, it's just a bunch of baloney. That's another uh, biblical theological word that I've learned, baloney. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they'll tell you that, and you know, it doesn't make any sense to them. It's not for them. Beloved, it's for you. I am to encourage you. I am to share with you, you that know and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, buried, and resurrected, and he's coming back again. This is for you. And the world, unfortunately, will cease to exist as we know it, and they will be all cast, their bodies, because they will be resurrected. And the second resurrection, they will be resurrected. Look at this verse with me in 1 Peter chapter 1. You got it up? There? there it is. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to inherit to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. What does that mean, imperishable, undefiled, unfading? That means that we live right now in a perishable, defiled, fading body. But when we get to heaven, we'll have an imperishable, undefiled, and unfading spiritual body. We will have an improved body like Jesus Christ. Look at this next verse. You know, and the good thing about this is that it's going to be so perfect. He says in, in Revelation, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Can somebody say amen? Amen and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away and this is what at the end of the book in the last chapter and he's going through everything that has just taken place you're going to you're going to be living in a place where you don't have to worry about this world anymore it will not have this hold on you. You're not going to be kept on in chains on this planet as far as being born, living, growing old, and dying. Being born, living, growing old, and dying. Get out of that cyclical thinking and idea that has placed you here and and bonded you on this planet, and you'll live forever in, in heaven. Those are the words that we need to encourage one another. I will have a spiritual body, number four. I will have a spiritual body, In verses 45 through 49, it says, Thus it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural. And then the spiritual, the first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust and is the man of heaven. So also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. And basically what Paul is saying, we're all from dust, just like the first Adam. And he goes back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, that out of the dust, God formed man. And out of that dust, he made him. And we are just like that. Beloved, never forget, you are nothing but dirt. You're mud people. That's all we are. We're people of the mud. I don't know why we think of ourselves so highly. I don't know why we think of ourselves that we can't get through this. I don't know why we think that that there's all these things that are deterring us and stopping us and and blocking us and, and going up against us. We blame Satan, we blame our neighbors, we blame God, we blame everybody else, and we don't realize that the potential that you have because God made you out of dirt. And you didn't stay dirt. So stop acting like dirt. You are a living human being. God breathed his life in you. His life, his breath, his spirit within your body. You know that the first cry that comes out of a child is that breath that gives him the living power of God. He already has the spirit within him. He's already that, that child, that kernel that, that starts all over again, that is, that is growing and, and becomes a, an adult and, and dies and resurrects. And Paul says, we all started that way. And just like the first Adam, the second Adam comes out, and he is of spiritual. So first is the, the natural and then the spiritual. And this spiritual being is what gives us life. So we've already talked, Paul says, we've already talked about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you already know that you will be resurrected. And this is how you will be resurrected. You will have a body like Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying. This is how it's going to take place. This is where you're going you're to understand that you are different. You're new. You're brand new. Paul says, continue to encourage one another. Just as we have... Born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. All through this section, Paul maintains that reverent silence where he doesn't really explain or says very little on what that body will be like. Or this is what it is. Let me show you. He says, you know, I, I know that we were in weakness, now we're in power. We, we were uh, perishable, now we're imperishable. We were just regular, now we're glory. And, and this is what it's going to be like when you get to heaven. I can only imagine. First John says this in your outlines in verse three through two. Beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know, check this out, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Over and over again, the Bible tells us that. Because we shall see him as he is. Look at Romans eight twenty nine. You know why? Because this is what God did. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In order that he might be the first fruit among the brothers. We talked about the first fruits when we were talking about the resurrection. How Jesus Christ is the first fruit among the brothers. And how he is the first to be resurrected. And those of us that are left behind, we're going to be the ones resurrected with him. He was the first fruits. And God, from the very beginning, from the time of the creation of the world, God ordained, he predestined for you to be born and be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. You will be like Jesus Christ. You will have a body, a spiritual body like Christ. You will have an improved body like Christ. It will resemble Christ. And, 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 you know, the one thing that has to happen, first and foremost, is your body has to be planted. It has to be planted. Right before the Last Supper, the Passover, that Jesus had with with his disciples, he was anointed by the woman, and he was talking to the people, and he was telling them about the things that were to come, and he says to them in John 12, verse 24, look at this with me, please. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much Fruit, You see, beloved, this is already in the DNA of everything that we do. Jesus knew this. The, the grain has to die. It has to die in order to bear fruit. I have to die in order to bear fruit. You have to die so that you can bear the fruit of heaven. And, and so, so there, there is a lot of fear of dying. There's a lot of fear of the things that are around us that don't make any sense. But you know, <laughs> I, there shouldn't be because ultimately we're going to have that glorified body. But first I have to be planted. This is why I'm saying when you die, beloved, you don't get buried or cremated or wherever the case may be or tossed into the sea. You get planted wherever you are. And the good thing is, is that sometimes things take a while for them to grow, And but they are going to grow. And God's infinite wisdom, by his divine power and his sovereign will, everything comes back to life, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting damnation. But you need that body. So it would be good for you right now to take care of that body, to wear your masks, please, to wash your hands, okay? To, to be careful on what you eat and how you care for yourself and, and the exercise that you do, not because it's going to extend Your life, but it'll extend the quality of your life. The message that Paul is saying is you need that body, take care of it. It's the body of the, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Be as if God has taken you today. We will not see uh, our resurrected bodies until that day comes, until we see Jesus Christ first. When we see him, He goes, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him just as he is. Not until we see him are we able to know what our body is going to look like. The coming resurrection is the hope and the motivation of the church for all believers. And that's the one thing that keeps us moving forward. Whatever happens to our present bodies, whether they are healthy or unhealthy, beautiful or plain, short-lived or long-lived, tall, dark, handsome, whatever the case may be. Your bodies, you shouldn't hold them on too dearly because you're going to get a new one, a 7.0 body. Our blessed hope in the assurance that we have is that these created natural bodies one day will be recreated, and made into the likeness of Jesus Christ. We shall be like him. What is that like? I don't know. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Bow with me. Stand with me, and let us pray. There is much that we can take from this portion of Scripture, Lord. But help us to be encouraged by the resurrection. We just celebrated your resurrection this last Sunday. We celebrate it with family and friends. And we were forced, literally forced, to really focus on the resurrection this time around more than any other time. And I thank you, God, that that we were in quarantine. And I pray that those that decided and opted to go the route of celebrating the resurrection of Christ by getting into your word, by attending a service, by listening to sermons, by listening to, to what it is that your word had to say. And I know that many, in spite of, they they force the issue of the eggs. They force the issue of the bunnies. They force the issue in in various places and and just calling it another Sunday. But Lord, I pray that you have mercy on all of us. As we recognize that that resurrection is so important for us. We need to understand that that resurrection that you have promised for each one of us will be delivered to us as you've stated. So we wait. We anticipate. And until then, Lord, we can only imagine. We can only imagine what it is that you're going to do. We can only imagine what it's going to look like. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for, for how you you bring us together, how you bring out the word, and how you encourage us with that word, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen, amen and amen. amen. Don't forget to, to give your offering before you leave. We're going to have some songs.